Hello and welcome to Divine Enigma, a podcast that talks about how to navigate the complexities of the workplace as a modern day professional, whilst also having a side hustle simultaneously. My name is Sarah, your host for the podcast, and this is episode three of the show. This podcast will be available on all platforms where you can find podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For today's episode, I want to talk specifically about project management and why I want to talk about project management. Well, I am a project management professional. We're going to be talking quite a bit, so let's get comfortable and jump right into today's episode. So we're going to talk about project management. So I set up this podcast to create a safe space for project managers and professionals on how to navigate the complexities of being neurodiverse. So many of the listeners of the show might be project managers already or project management professionals. However, for those who do not know what a project manager is, or a project management professional is, the definition of a project manager, according to the APM website, which stands for the Association for Project Management, is the project manager is responsible for the day-to-day management of the project and must be competent in managing the six aspects of a project, i.e. scope, schedule, finance, risk, quality and resources. Project managers work on specific projects that have defined outcomes, have time limits and have to stay within budget. If you are a new project manager, an aspiring project manager or have just an interest in neurodiversity and working in the corporate world, I'm going to help you break down these six terms used in the project management world in my own words. This is a bold move for me as I'm going to be taking my print two practitioner exam, which I failed a few times. Um, but anyway, let's help each other out. So first of all, I mentioned was scope. So what is scope? The scope of a project is the total amount of products and the extent of their requirements needed to deliver. So, for example, if I want to build a website, the project manager would ask, what is the project scope? They would normally do this via a scope statement. So, for example, in that statement, it will say, one, why do you need to build this website? And this is all hypothetical. And you would say, I want to create a platform so my customers can order goods and services from me or find out more about what I do or my company does. Within the scope statement, and I'm going to leave a link on my website of an example of the scope statement, what the website must, should, could, and won't have. The acronym is called Moscow. So the website, and we're talking about this website, the website must have an about page. It must have a way to pay for goods and services. It should be high in SEO. So SEO stands for, and I'm trying to remember it, search engine optimization. 
Uh, it could have video links and it won't cost over £350 to build. So that's the acronym that covers must, should, could and won't have, which is Moscow. Sometimes on the scope statement, it will have an out of scope section. So in this example that I'm explaining, and I'm hoping you can kind of, this is painting a picture in your mind, the website will have a membership platform, but that would be out of scope because that's not what we are looking for, but that could be maybe what the the project team might decide they want to do, but they haven't authorised that because it's not within the scope statement. Hope I'm making sense. So number two, the business objectives would be to increase the visibility of the company. So within the scope statement, you have the business objectives. And the business objectives example I gave is that it would increase the sale and visibility of the company. But there might be more reasons why you're building this website. For example, you hope to launch your website by the 1st of December, for example. The next thing within the document would be the deliverables. So the deliverables are the actions that need to be taken in order to create this product, which is the website. So for example, one of the deliverables could be we need to hire a website designer, a UX designer, create a theme or concept for the website. The next thing that would be included on the scope statement would be project exclusions. Um, that could be um, we build an app to complement with the website. That's not part of the project, but it's a project exclusion. It's something that could happen maybe after we built the website, we found success from it and think, oh, maybe let's build an app. Some of the constraints that would be in the scope statement would be, for example, um, the budget. So we might need to increase the budget or we may need more time as there may not be enough resources. And I will come back to resources because resources is another area of project management terminology that you need to understand too. I hope I'm painting a good picture in your mind of what I'm trying my best to explain. So the next thing that will be on that scope statement would be the assumptions. Is the web the assumption that we're going to hopeful when we're building this website is that it will be built on time the cost of the website is accurate um, and the reason why we've come to that assumption is because we've researched and procured the right companies and people that are available to build the website and we also know the stakeholders to speak to so for example uh, the project sponsor now the project sponsor is another terminology um, but basically <laughs> In no terms of understanding, the project sponsor is coughing up the bill for the project. So, and then finally on the scope statement, the scope statement will have like a cost estimate of exactly roughly how much you will spend on this product so the project is delivered. Hope I'm making sense. So the next thing is a schedule. So this is what else um, a project manager has to manage. It's the schedule. A schedule is a proposal of what actions will be taken after a project plan has been approved. It forecasts the start and finish dates for activities and events with a project, program or portfolio. You can schedule a project through the critical path or 
critical chain. But I think I need to go through that on another episode so that you have a full understanding between the two. So the next part is finance of a project. So for every project you work on, you need to understand about cost planning and controls. Um, It's so imperative that you need to set an agreed budget and manage management so the agreed budget and management of the actual forecasted cost against the budget. And I'm going to have a separate podcast to give you an example of what cost planning is and cost control. There's a big difference between the two. But basically, when you have a project, you need to know how much a project is going to cost and how you're going to control that budget um, to ensure you're not going over and even sometimes under budget. So the next is risk. When managing risks within a project, risks in project imprints too, risks are seen as even threats or opportunities. And we need to treat each risk accordingly. So how I manage risk within a project, I avoid it or I exploit. So in exploiting of a risk, it's an opportunity. So for example, I'm going to invest £10 million in green finance projects. That's an opportunity as I'm making the world carbon neutral and that can only be a good thing, right? However, if I invest in organisations that don't give me a return on my investment, then I've lost £10 million. So we can look at green finance. I'm just using that as of a green finance project, just using that as a um, example. So a good green initiative could be electric cars because, you know, people can, you know, charge their car up and you're getting a return on your investment. Um, But then something that is a bad green incentive could be a company that is greenwashing. So greenwashing is basically a company stating they're sustainable by sort of publicly um, advertising. They have like, for example, solar panels on their gas stations Um, and they focus their advertising on that low carbon energy products. But in reality, majority of their spend is on oil and gas. So they're not really being, you know, carbon neutral. They're just greenwashing which is the term I'm using and then maybe by investing in that kind of company your organization will then um, have some form of reputational damage but there's a lot to discuss on this but however on 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 my website I'll give you access to a table on how to manage risk within a project an example of how risk is measured so quality literally (laughs) is the project fit for purpose that's what quality is or the degree of conformance of the outputs of the process or the process itself meets the requirements so for example to ensure that we're delivering a high quality project you need to know that the product you are delivering is fit for purpose and you do this by testing to verify, verify that it meets the acceptance criteria. So, for example, in the case of the website that we're referring to, we talked we talked about this website earlier. You need to measure metrics to see if people still need this website. 
and that when they click certain parts of the website, the links are working. Also things like, is the customer happy? Is the website required? I mean, maybe the customers are not going to websites, they're actually, you know, going on apps, which might be better. You might have to redefine or rethink about even having a website. There might be new technology. These are things that you do within the project to ensure there's quality control and that we know that the product is going to be of value to the end user. So this is the this is what you do in terms of quality control. Literally just check in to make sure this, this product we're building is worth the long haul. <laughs> and finally, resource. So I did say I'm going to come back to resource. So resource is a collective term used to describe methods for labor and non-labor resources to use within the schedule of a project so for example a resource will be people materials and facilities so people could be contractors your material could be a type of um software that you need to install in order to ensure that the product is being delivered facilities might be um a building where you're going to, you know, do a complete fit out to ensure that people can can be there. And in order to have those resources, that means you can then deliver the project. Keep listening to Divine Enigma, a safe place for project managers and professionals to give you the tools on how to navigate the complexities of being neurodiverse in the workplace. Okay, I went into a lot of detail about project management, but that was just kind of a shorter version. I would like to go into a lot more detail and not only go into detail about project management, but also how you kind of manage that with your neurodiversity. So uh, I'm going to do a whole show on how I, as a project manager, manage my ADHD and my dyslexia um, as a project manager. So... We're going to talk about juggling multiple priorities. (laughs) And that's something that not only project managers have to do, but I think a lot of us have loads of priorities in our lives and we have to manage it. So multiple priorities, let's face it, it's a nightmare at times. Um, But it can be fun. And I'm going to give you tips on how to do this. So if you have a side hustle, so in my case, and building a platform for neurodiversity professionals to use so they're able to manage their work commitments and their personal life priorities. So the first tip you need to have to juggle multiple priorities is have a master plan. Thinking of a master plan. This ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand. You need to know exactly what tasks to accomplish first So take what's in your brain and just literally just transfer it onto a daily planner. There are lots of daily planners that you could use that are digital. um, And also Itsy is a very good place to look for daily planners. But I'm looking to create a planner specifically for neurodiverse people. So watch this space and I'll be placing that on my website for you to purchase. So you need to know how to organize tasks by priority. So that's tip number two. So remember I talked about the the Moscow, which is the acronym must have, should have, could have, won't have, or you can set priorities by due date 
all time. So for example, if you're setting things by due date, you know, okay, I've got to get this done by, I don't know, Saturday the 27th of November. I just made that up. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the actual date. But if you get the um the gist of it, you need to kind of set dates and times as to when you're going to get tasks accomplished. And that's very good for you because if you're organized and you can give that if you're managing the team, you can give your team priorities and deadlines that they have to meet. So the next thing is tip number three, break your tasks into smaller activities. Now, what does that mean? So let me give an example. I want to study for my Prince 2 exam. That's a task. But, you know, that's very general. Now, when I hear that, I'm like, what, what does that mean? It can just mean so many things. But if I break it down, I can say what I want to do within that studying period. So, for example, I want to complete a mock exam. And then I want to review the answers I got wrong to make sure I understand more about, for example, if I didn't really understand risk themes, for example, I'm going to study more on it. And then I'll do those videos and watch the tapes and make sure I understand it. And I'll do the exam again until I get it. So that's breaking your tasks into smaller activities. So you feel a sense of accomplishment and you don't get overwhelmed. And that really helps me as a dyslexic person as well. Tip number four, limit distractions. Now, <laughs> the worst thing to have is being ADHD, being dyslexic, dyslexic, can't say it anymore, being dyslexic and having ADHD. Like ADHD, like for me, I feel it's a negative and a positive thing. So being, AD, being ADHD means I can focus on something for hours at a time, like for six hours. I will be in a room, my husband will be in another room and I'll be just and work and just carrying on. Um, I'm just focused, but that's because I'm not distracted. But the second my distraction goes, the second my distraction goes, I'm then I, I can't do anything, and the day is literally gone for me. So sometimes that happens to me, not all the time. I don't think my ADHD is as severe as other people, but sometimes it does get to me. Um, so fit the tips on how you can limit your distractions. You can put your phone on do not disturb mode. I think the iPhone has it, but um, if you have Android, I think there's a there's an option on on the Android phone to put your phone on do not disturb mode. You can block or delete certain apps that you know that you cannot resist. So, for example, Instagram for you Gen Zs, TikTok, and the last thing, just switch off all your devices. Just switch them off. Turn your phone off, turn your iPad off, turn off anything that's going to distract you and find a quiet area to focus your attention on the work at hand. Um, another thing, I don't know whether there's a book that anybody has read called Atomic Habits. Um, one of the things um, the author said in that book, and I'll try and find the author's name, I'll put it in the show notes. He said, put your phone in a different room because if you put friction between what it is that is going to distract you, it's much more unlikely for you to get distracted. I hope I'm making sense. So now tip number five, if possible, have a meeting agenda. So you don't waste time discussing areas which are not relevant. So list the topics that you want to talk about and tell people, this is what you need to read before the meeting. This is what you need to bring before the meeting. These are the things we're going to talk about in the meeting. And it just 
you know, it just stops people from wasting time. You just stay on track and you, you're focused on exactly what it is you want to get out of that meeting. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. We talked about project management terminologies, juggling multiple priorities <laughs> and all of the good, good stuff that can make you really good at your job and your side hustle and juggling all the different things you want to do in your life. So please follow me on all platforms where podcasts are uploaded. Thank you for listening to Divine Enigma. And if you got to the end, this is a safe place for project managers and professionals to give you the tools on how to navigate the complexity of being neurodiverse in the workplace. See you next week.